Good morning. It is 9.35. Joining me now, our master gardener friend, Barb Lamson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. Good morning. It's good to be with you. I was up this morning at 5.45 and went outside and water, watered. Water, water, water. That's all know, I've been doing every day, Barb. But the, but the weather, I mean, it wasn't cool. But I was so surprised when I came out. It was still that warm. Yeah. But uh, that's one of the ways to keep up with the watering if you can do it early in the morning. The best way and the best time is in the early in the morning because I think yeah. I see a lot of people doing it in the middle of the day. They'll have their sprinklers on and just think all that is being evaporated into the air. Not very sure. much of it is going even to the lawn. It's such a waste of our resources. You know, I just want to talk a little bit about grass. So many lawns are just grass. Just bluegrass. And, you know, it's not a native and no. it's a cool weather thing so this weather is horrible for it so it's really kind of one of the worst plants you can have that's exactly right the optimum temperature for our turf grass is between 50 and 65 degrees (laughs) that's when it's growing that's when it's using fertilizer that's when it's when it needs the water and right now if you're getting concerned because your grass is getting brown it's just a safety mechanism by the turf grass it goes dormant so it's not doing anything it's not growing it's not doing anything and for heaven's sakes Um, don't give it a little bit of water and then stop because when you water do the shallow watering the roots come up to the top and then to reach the water yeah and so you have no deep roots to reach like I have not been watering mine so my roots are a lot deeper so my grass is is doing better because I mean it's not doing great but it's it's searching down so when there is some moisture it can get it and the other thing about this the other component to that is don't be mowing your lawn now because when you cut the grass it wants to grow it not only doesn't want to grow but it it uh, opens up the the soil, the uh, area surrounding it, and and it dries out more. So the the grass as it gets taller helps to protect the soil. It shades which, it. Yeah, which which in in return uh, shades it and 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 it grows better. So don't be cutting the grass. It's okay to let it'll head out. That's that's fine if it does that. And without the moisture, it's not really growing that much. I have a guy that mows or waters almost every day and he cuts almost every day because it just keeps growing. Uh-huh. You know, the thing is the a lawn needs one inch of water a week and that's, you know, that's a good amount. So deeply water once a week if you're going to water. Don't all of a sudden, now that it's bad, start watering a whole bunch because you're going to start a right. bad, vicious cycle. Right. And you're, yeah, it's... I have seen, um, and this is so unusual, um, in front of Old Main, um, the assisted living, the apartments that sure. they have there. And if you they're directly across from the courthouse and you have to walk up steps to get there and you'll see that grass because it's on a hillside it's facing there's no protection from the sun so it's getting brown so they've had their sprinklers out and when it's a hill and you try to water and it's running off and it's on the sidewalk and it's on that's i believe that's fourth street or fifth street fifth street there Mm -hmm. yeah and and that is a total waste. And then when you stop doing that, then it's in worse shape than before you started. So if you have these special problems, you might think about that. Now, I haven't put a, a, a lick of water down on my grass. I have lots of other things in the grass. The clover right now, it's blooming. Oh, my clover looks great. And remember I told you I am 
replacing a lot of my mm-hmm. turf grass and mixing it with the clover. Mm-hmm. So my yard is a lot greener in many places because of that clover. And the thing with clover, you don't need to have to uh, add a lot of fertilizer. That's right. And you don't have to water a lot. It's such a great uh, cover crop, and it, it, it benefits the soil. And, you know, I don't mind those little blooms. I see a lot of, I, this morning I was watching the bees busy out there. So, I mean... Get used to something a little different because we are in global warming, and there's yes. no doubt. It, it's not going to change, right? So start thinking out of the box. When I look in my backyard, I have the yard is now covered with white clover, mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful. It, it's like it, snow. It gives you another dimension that you don't normally have. We know what green grass looks like, right. but when you have this come up, and I mean, you walk on it, you're out it's there, soft. and it's 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 hardy. It it doesn't have to be pampered. So, mm-hmm. so that's a big thing. And for heaven's sakes, uh, putting fertilizer on now. It's a horrible thing to do. You yes. know, I've been on these garden forums I'm on on Facebook. Some people will have pictures of these plants that are just withered. And it's because of the heat and the probably lack of water and things. And they, somebody will comment, it needs fertilizer. It And it's like, no, yeah. it's because it's it's heat. The heat is just too much for it. What the, the last thing you want to do now is add fertilizer. It's trying to survive, not grow. Right. Fertilizer is when it's actively growing. You would, you can actually do more damage yes. because the fertilizer going on these dried out roots has a, burns uh, it. It burns it absolutely, and then you do have a problem. So so for heaven's sakes, don't do that. But you might want to start thinking about with climate change. Do you really want to be faced with um, the Kentucky bluegrass that's more finicky? And now we just read in the paper today, we're going to have limiting on uh, watering when we can water. Yes, it's odd even now. And, you know, California has faced these problems for years and with the fires. And and I I feel, you know, we have been kind of spoiled because we haven't really worried about the the lack of water resources. But at some point, we're going to have to do that. And, you know... The one thing you can water um, is is plants. Like if you put something new in, you'll want to keep those watered. Sure. And so I'll take just a hand water them, uh, so I'm not just wasting a whole bunch of water. But I've right. planted some new things, and I'm when I'm selecting plants, Barb, I'm trying to find things that are more what you call a xeriscape, things mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. survive in drier conditions because that's what we're getting and and this generally is our native plants because they have survived and that's why they've survived they're adapted to this so that is a really a good thing to be doing too the other thing i was going to say is if you've had if you planted in pots i took my potted plants that i had and even with watering them it was it was too hot it was just too much for them and i moved them into a canopy of trees oh, shaded them mm-hmm. it just totally totally shaded now all of these think that they need sun but when it's so hot they don't they, they don't and they're they're doing just fine in the shade and i planted my tomatoes not that long ago i think was it last week when we got them from harvey mm-hmm. and what i did was i put a big tomato cage around them and i put a t-shirt a l- extra large t-shirt over it's top yeah. so it's covering the entire 
uh, cage which protects my tomatoes, and they are doing so terrific. If I would have not done that, right. they would have just withered in this heat. So I have actually little canopies around some of my things that that's I'm a good idea. trying to, to baby because they're important yeah. to me. Yeah, and and that's a good use for some of these uh, shirts that... Jeff's that, pitted them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they just aren't any good right. for anything else. Our and, rags, we were, they were for rags, actually. But. Well, and I went in my rag bag, too, and, and, and took out some things. Yeah, that is a great use for that. We don't have to waste anything. But I was going to say, one of the things with my yard, and I have a You have lot, quite a bit of shade. In- I, on the north side, mm-hmm. and what I've done is I've kind of uh, did a, um, a mental notation. I haven't written this down, but it's mental. Uh, of how things are doing and what things really do need to be watered for these perennials because some of them I've had them for a long time and first of all the first thing I did was we had saved our our leaves and I spread them first I was two inches and then they've kind of settled down and now I I put more on again yes and when you're going to mulch like that be sure you push them under the plant, especially with your hostas and things. You don't necessarily want them right against the the stems, though. You don't want them on the stems, but you want them under there where the the roots, because the roots are coming out, they make a canopy just like Mm -hmm. a tree, and to protect them. And and some of the things that that, uh, need uh, to be watered are um, uh, things that are uh, uh, like all your ephemerals, things like that. You might think of an ephemeral usually comes up, it and blooms, and then it dies. Like the tulips and the daffodils and the yeah, bleeding hearts. Yeah, but they really do need to grow as long as possible. Continued if, water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and be sure that you get those really... Um, uh, get the leaves in there. The soil right now is 86 degrees, Oof. and it gets hard for things to grow when it's that hot. Right. So, so do that too. You know, my neighbor was over, and she's the most wonderful person. And she said, "Well, what, Mrs. Do you, Jensen? Mrs. Jensen? Yes. yes, Mrs. J said, well, <clears throat> okay, right back here. How do those hostas get so big? Are you fertilizing them? And I said, No, I'm not. No. She said, Are you watering them? I said, no, I am not. I said, let me show you what they were, how they originally were. They were green and white, and then they must have originally been hybridized from an all-green plant. Reverted. And and, and then they, they reverted back from that. And so then I did some research to find out, you know, how does that all happen? Well, I, when you take green and white, anytime you include white into the leaf of a plant it slows it up right because it can't make chlorophyll in that the photos the mm-hmm. photosynthesis doesn't happen and so that's what happens so we can we can hybridize we can cross things but there's a, a cost involved it's like anything else when you start modifying genes uh, you there is a cost invi- involved with the plant so if you were thinking that why is it that my green plants are doing really well where they're at, but I bring out something with some white in it, and it doesn't? That that's the reason for it too. Well, you know, the the uh, it's called white feather hosta. You've maybe seen it in magazines, and it's a hosta that looks all white. And haven't people, seen it. Oh, Barb, if you get the, I can't believe you haven't seen it in all the magazines we get because it's just like the feature white feather hosta. It's got white leaves, and people are like, wow. Well, I ended up ordering one year and, and got it free. Um, 
it comes up white and then of course the leaves turn green yes. otherwise it would die and people are like why does it die well i had mine for two years this free one i got and it came up looking this spring early with bright uh, white beautiful leaves and i thought oh it looks really nice well you know what it just got to be so hot and everything it couldn't produce any chlorophyll because eventually it has to turn green or it can't do the chlorophyll exactly. so it died and yeah. people are wondering everybody thinks this is this exotic thing and yeah it is but it's really short-lived so i'm just saying even though yeah. it's glorious and grand there's it didn't work no, that's that's absolutely true. It defies nature. Right. You know, our friend Barb Maher um, has a long row of daylilies. And for some reason, she has an area where the daylily will get white in its leaf. And then oh. that one will get more white until the whole plant, the leaves are white. And hmm. so she found out. That's odd. When she would move it, it would die. Well, he, the reason was... It was hooked on. The mother plant of the last one was making enough chlorophyll for to, both of them. Oh. There was a connection there. So, but so when you get these things and you think, "Wow, this is really so something special. so unique." I know because albino, exactly, yeah, right? exactly. They, they, yeah. they need to produce chlorophyll like anything else. That's their yes. lifeblood, essentially. Talking about white things, this is what I discovered in my garden up at Good Counsel this past week, that white moth that comes oh. and it visits all the brassica plants. It lays eggs in there. You get, They develop into little green worms, and those little green worms eat and eat and eat. Well, I have discovered this heat is one thing that the insects are doing well in. I have the rose saw fly, and they are decimating my roses out at the lake. I just discovered now they're in my, my knockout roses here in town. And also I looked at my green beans. I've got the, the bush beans, and they are being decimated by the, the, the bean beetle. And I found, oh. found found the little bugger under there. I'm like, oh, you little, and squish, squish, there's another one. So sure. that is something that... This heat is wonderful for the insects, and you'll you'll not you'll probably wince at this because this is a very early for this. My sons and my husband have seen Japanese beetles already. Oh, I've been I've been this is extremely early. Yes, and so in and the boys told me yesterday, Mom, I saw a Japanese beetle. I said, Well, where is it? And it was in the garage or something. I think they saw it. And Jeff had seen one too. So oh, I mean, that's the thing. The, the heat is changing our yeah. ecosystem. And so I've got these new roses. I'm sure that they're going to find them, and um, it's only a matter of time. And, and that's just, sure. with this heat, it's just so tough, too. And and then there there's also going to be more fungal diseases because powdery mildew is a, a fungus. And, and it loves heat. And it spreads by spores. Right. Now, here's something that a lot of people don't know. We have fungal, we have uh fungus um, powdery mildew we have uh, downy mildew and downy mildew is very different downy mildew does not produce spores and go from plant to plant and visited by the wind it comes up from the soil the water hitting the soil and splashing up. up on the leaves so the um, the fungal uh, disease will be on the backs on the underside of the leaf whereas the powdery mildew it's on the tops of the leaf right so that's two different ways so if you haven't be sure and uh, it's always a good idea to, to 
put a barrier between the soil and the plant. Well, it, if if anything, put the, the, the mulch down for the moisture conservation now, sure. too. I mean, that's a sure. huge thing. I've been putting uh, that, that straw, the chopped up straw, mm-hmm. uh, on my, my garden, my vegetable gardening, uh, because things are just drying up too fast for me, too. So that's sure. been helpful and uh, doesn't allow that to, the water to splash any sure. of the spores up. But yeah. My young tomatoes, they're already in cages, and they're growing. But as I've added a mulch to them... I parted the mulch to take a good look, and I had uh, uh, leaves that were coming down low on the stem. And you want to cut those off because if you've got leaves that low, you will definitely get spores splashing oh, sure. up on them, and you will get disease on them. So don't don't be afraid. It the plant will do just fine without those leaves at the very um, four or five inches. And then if they start, if they get bigger, if the branches get bigger and they're hanging down, you might have to trim off some more. See, I've got a note here from um, uh, someone on our, our text saying, hey, Karen, I'm listening to you and Barb. It's pouring down here in the Lincoln Park neighborhood. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you're getting some rain. Hey, I, I can't see out the window here, but it's it's so nice to hear there is some rain. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like it'll be a lot. We need a nice, gentle rain. Yes. But that is encouraging news. Yes. I've got another note. Somebody says, great gardening show from Wisconsin. So that's a, thank you for listening. And, and yes. I'm glad to hear there's some rain coming down, Barb, because that's just... Uh, yes, exactly. You know, when I came in, I noticed that to the... I guess it would be west of us. There were black clouds over there, so that'd be in that Lincoln Park area. Oh, one, well, Deb is Deb is experiencing that, and I'm gl- I'm glad, and I, I hope that it will just just be nice and gentle. Yes. That's what we really need yes. because, actually, oh. at this point, I'd take just a real downpouring. Anything would be so much. <laughs> well, better. I want to refill my rain barrels because they yeah. have, might have been empty for a while. I've got uh, four of them that that hold about 240 gallons. I know you've got a few more than six, I do. Yes. Yeah, you've got six, but I've been out because I've been. You know, every day I've been watering my yep. my yep. things like my vegetable garden. Although I don't water my vegetable garden with rain barrel uh, water because you get stuff from the roof, whether it's bird poop, sure. whether it's asphalt, sure. whatever it is on the roof. So I do use <laughs> from the, uh, that's the one important thing to note. For food, the things that you're going to consume, mm-hmm. you should use the water from the But I the tell spigot. you what, up at Good Council, of course, we have our own well up there, and so we water with that. But... There are people that get permission to use a hose, and they they just they spray the entire row. They spray between the rows. They're spraying all over. Just the place. wasting so much. It, they're wasting our precious water. This is the thing. Um, water isn't forever. It's not finite. No. It, it you have to ration it, and and you have to protect it for future generations. So, hey, uh, before we get off the air, I just want to mention that uh, a really great gardening friend in Wasika, Joyce Brown, died. Oh, I'm so she sorry. She was a member of our garden club, 74 years old. I went to her funeral last night, Dave and I, and um, so many people were there with an outpouring of uh, all the wonderful things she'd done for the community. There was a lot, a corner lot, and the house burned down, and the people chose not to rebuild on that, but there was a garage there. She bought that lot. She put in a, she put the whole thing to a garden, and she said, if you need vegetables, come here. Oh. You can have them. You can, she, had, she put in apple trees. You can come pick apples. She just, it, she was so kind and so giving and so sharing and you know there were 
there were so many uh, plants that were there, so many flower arrangements. It was just uh, just such an outpouring of love by the community. Well, what a great thing for her to do to give back to the community. I hope there's somebody that will continue that tradition. Yeah, well, you know, one of our listeners, Lori, um, uh, she reintroduced herself to me. I'd met her once before, and she wasn't a Garden Club member, but she said that, that Joyce's husband, Bob, was there, and she was going to ask him, if he needed help with her garden. And so uh, I was with her when she asked him, and he said, there's been an outpouring by the community to continue her garden, and the people will help. So obviously, you know, it was just great. We had our um, September or October garden club meeting in the garage on this lot, and she was this woman who was just uh, so down to earth she was a house painter by trade. Can you imagine oh, that? Darn. And and she had these paint cans in her garage. And I was sitting on this five-gallon paint can, and we were talking about gardening. And I thought, you know, this is so great that gardening is so... It's so bare bones. You don't need to do a lot of special things. You you can have a meeting and people can sit on five-gallon buckets and, you know. <laughs> They're probably more comfortable on those, actually. Yes. It, it was it was such a great night. And oh. we laughed and we talked and we talked about what was successful. And just um, that was my last. Oh, I, I have to take that back. I saw her this spring when we met out at a, a farmer's place and we all brought plants to share and she had this one plant left and and I said has anybody spoken for that and she said no and it is a uh, uh, queen of the prairie that's, oh it's one of those with those beautiful uh, pinkish plumes on yeah, top yes yeah it's yes. a native yes and she said if you'd like it please take it so I did so that plant will always be special because it came from her. Do you know if anything as a gardener, if I can leave the world looking a little more beautiful, that will be, uh, you know, just a, a great feeling to to have left on this earth. Yes, and you know, I have been around peddling strawberry information <laughs> and, and, and trying to convince people <laughs> to get strawberries uh, plants from me so that they can start them in their own garden. And it's really too dry now to start yeah. anything, but in the fall would be a great time. If you love strawberries, for heaven's sakes, um, see me. Call Barb Lamps. I'd be happy to give you plants this fall. Hey, I got a question, though. You know, the uh, big hosta sale for the Minnesota Hosta Society is tomorrow on Saturday from 9 until 2. And, of course, I'm a member, and you are a member of the Minnesota Hosta Society. And I'm going to get some hostas. I pre-ordered mine way back as a part of the member group that we get special opportunities. Uh, And I'm going to be working at the sale tomorrow. It's up in Eden Prairie at the Smith's Coffee and Cafe uh, from 9 till 2. Now, my concern is I'm going to be getting all these new hostas, but it's so dry. What should I do, Barb? I'm just really worried about that. Boy, I'll tell you what. Because it's just, and, and normally this time of year would not be bad. June would be a good time to plant but this year is so hot and so dry so what are your thoughts well <clears throat> it depends on if it's going to rain or not but this soil is so incredibly dry right now you would have to if you dig a hole for them soak it really really well before. and soak the plant really really well i've got you, so many that i've ordered Barbara. <laughs> yeah before you transfer it out of the pot you know uh, the other thing i think i would do i would find the most shady spot i had right and maybe i'd put a a drip hose out there or something that would just drip into those pots or just would you leave them in the pots 
Do you think, or do you think I should put them in the soil? See, that's my debate is, would they do better if I just kept watering them in the pots that I get them in? Or, you know, at this point, just because of the, yeah. the drought? It, it, you know, it depends on, if the um, plant is really too big for the for the pot, then maybe you need to take it out. <clears throat> but if you have, you can see along the edges, you've got plenty of space there. Um, and you always have to have, uh, even if you put them in the shade, you've got to have a drip pan underneath so the water goes through and it sits in there long enough and then they'll pick it up again. And when it's this hot, it really needs that. For sure. Well, so, if anybody's interested, it's it's tomorrow from 9 until yes. 2 up in Eden Prairie at the uh, Smith's Cafe, uh, Coffee and Cafe. And great food there. Great food. And, and uh, the thing is, we have display. Minnesota Hostess and I has Absolutely. display gardens up there, which is why we hold the sale there. So you can sit and look at all these wonderful varieties and go, I want them. And you know what, Barb? There's over 100 varieties they have for sale, over 1,000 plants. Wow. I know. It's a lot. And It's hostamania time. It is. And it's so <laughs> awesome. Um, and my husband is, is volunteering to be a shuttle driver because you're supposed to park at what's called Miller Park up there. And then uh, because they don't want you parking at the cafe which is a business, sure. and then they'll sh- shuttle you to the, the sale, and you can be there. My sister's going to meet me up there tomorrow, sure. and and so that's pretty exciting. And they also encourage you, if you're coming, if you got a wagon, you know, my daughter has one of those canvas. Oh, you can, they kind it, of fold in? They fold in, and she, when she goes to uh, plant sale, she takes that. Bring bring that, because oh, good maybe idea. you'll want to walk or, or whatever, and then you can just catch a ride with one of those shuttle people it, after you've filled up your wagon and you'll be all set And to Jeff go. said, yes, we'll get some of those, you know, those big Tupperware tubs. He says, so that way we can put them in too and carry, you know, when you get a Absolutely. bunch of them because you can. Sure, so that's, sure. hey, I want one more thing. We're, we're out of time, I know, but my Mardigan lilies have started to bloom and they are absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Mardigans are another type of uh, yes. lily, uh, but they, uh, they bloom one of the earliest bloomers. And you know, my, some of my Asiatic, Grant's Asiatic lilies are blooming now as well. Oh, I must come in see them. It's really early, but it's so hot. And Is I it at to... the house in town? Oh, well, yes. Well, I've got them at both, but the but... ones blooming now are the ones here in, in town and right. they're beautiful, but um, I've got some pictures of my Martyrgon Lilies, Barb, if you want to look at that. They, I they have a much thicker texture um, and they kind of are just an amazing, beautiful lily. They don't really smell, but they're pretty substantial and they don't mind a little shade, so they look really great in my hosta sure. gardens. Just one thing, I, I bought five uh, Asiatic bulbs at a grocery store this spring. I planted them out when it warmed up and they also are blooming. Oh, Sometimes you can get the best bulbs that just take right off and these were so. Yes, and my sister... <laughs> Who's listening to the show? She said, "Tell Barb thanks for mentioning the wagon. I have one that folds up. Perfect. I'm going to bring it. So good for yeah. <laughs> thanks for that tip. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Barb, it's always great to chat with you. And uh, I know what you're going to be doing today. You're going to probably be out uh, scouting for insects and watering. I am. And and tomorrow I'll be back to picking strawberries again. And I'm going to make jelly and jam for oh, the kids. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Barb. Appreciate yep. it. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, it is two minutes past 10, and you're listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real world thinking. You know what? It is.